0: Uh, so now, I get to preach here for uh, the second time, and I'm pretty excited. We are starting a, a new series. Uh, it's called Self-Care. So we're talking about spir- spiritual disciplines for our daily lives. And, you know, I just I'd thought about myself and how this all kind of worked out in my life where I became a, a new believer and, you know, the progression that I had going out through this. So this is, this has been very helpful for myself and, and bringing out uh, a lot more of where I can actually step up in my life, in my daily life, and uh, my commitment to God. Um, but with everything, I, I like to, like, stretch myself out, you know. I get a lot of stretching in. I've been... Uh, talking about working out and getting out there and running. Uh, I had this, this commitment that I made a couple years ago where I needed to get uh, in better shape. Like God was really telling me like I need to to be in shape because he's, he has more work for me to do here while I'm on earth, right? So he says, get in shape, get ready and stay healthy because that's this is, this is his vessel. It's not mine, right? I'm just, I'm just using it. This is a tool for him to use. So I was working out, and it was going well. I was out running. I lost a, I lost a lot of weight. I was, I was thinking about eating healthy. Um, but, but every time I went to work out, I was stretching. And I'd stretch, and I'll tell you what, those first few days, it was a little rough. But after I committed myself to stretching and preparing myself to get out there and run, it got a lot easier. Um, I have a, a daughter who is a dancer, and she is probably the most flexible person. Well, maybe not the most flexible, but she is very flexible. I have a picture here of her, uh, yeah, one, in one of her dances. Um, she definitely does not get that from me. I actually don't know where she gets that from because I don't know if she gets that from Amy either. But she is very flexible, and she will tell you that she stretches a lot in order to do that. And, and you may have seen her up here doing some of her dances on our Youth Sunday. Uh, she does a lot of aerials and, and things like that. Uh, so she is very uh, flexible, and she's very athletic. Um, some people are born naturally. Uh, naturally flexible than others, but even those people uh, who you, uh, who think you're as flexible maybe as a brick wall, you, s- you still need to stretch. You, you become more flexible with the more practice that you have. And if you want to be more flexible, then you definitely need to start stretching. Stretching is very important to becoming physically uh, more, uh, more flexible, right? Stretching can be difficult or even painful when you just start. But if you're committed to stretching regularly, it gets easier, you get more flexible. It might even improve your health. So I did a little research about stretching and here's what I, found out the benefits of stretching they go far beyond increasing flexibility so have you ever had a headache i know i have stretching can increase the blood flow to blood flow to your brain and release many types of headaches have you ever felt stressed stretching can is a great stress reliever. And no matter what is causing your stress, stretching can can help with that. Have you ever had slouched shoulders, right? Stretching can strengthen your back, your your abdomen, uh, and so it's easier for you to to stand or, or sit up straight. So far we've talked a lot about our bodies and stretching, right? But now I'm going to talk to you guys about faith. If your faith were a muscle, how flexible do you think it would be? Could you maybe stretch to your knees? Maybe stretch it to your shins? Or maybe you could go all the way down to your toes, right? So, how flexible do you think your faith is right now? If you're not sure, then maybe this series, this series of spiritual disciplines, can help you to uh, get to a place to know how uh, how flexible your faith is right now. So, just like your body, if you want your faith, uh, your faith should be strong. It should be growing. It should be capable of of carrying you through difficult situations in your life. So you're going to need to stretch. No matter how far that you need to stretch, you think your faith can. How far, how far you can stretch your faith right now? If you want your faith to grow, you're going to need to stretch it. So in this series of spiritual disciplines, we're going to challenge ourselves to stretch our faith together. Now, it may be a little fun, it may be challenging, but it is definitely going to be worthwhile. Here's the key. Whether it's your body or your faith, stretching only works if you're committed to actually doing it. So, I've learned that no matter what goal I am trying to achieve, commitment is an essential part of the process. So, now I was telling you guys about my, my workout, right? Uh, I, would, I would go, I started off slow, right? I had to ease myself into stretching. I went out walking. Uh, I picked it up where I would walk and then run. And then finally, it was, I was running. Right? Now, during this time, too, I thought, you know, I need to eat more healthy, right? So I started counting calories. Uh, that was tough. That was more tougher than, that was more difficult than actually going out and physically running. Um, so, I, but I was committed to it. I was committed. I was all in. And, um, and then, all of a sudden, uh, the summer hit, and I was like, oh, man, it's way too hot out there, too. Uh, to be running, um, maybe I'll do some stuff in my house, uh, trying to do things, working out in my house was a little bit more difficult too. Um, counting calories, like I said, was way difficult. Um, so I'm now I'm down to like eating small portions, um, but also I have quite a few cheat days that, uh, that take over there too. But many of us, they, we treat our faith The same way. We want results, but we don't want to commit to regularly doing the work that is going to stretch our faith. We get excited about following Jesus, but after a few weeks or months, our commitment decreases along with our excitement. After, uh, so how many have tried the Bible in a Year challenge? Raise your hand. Bible in a year. How many, leave your hands up if you you completed the Bible in a year plan. I've seen, okay. i see some hands drop, a few of them. A lot of them stood up, so good job. Um, yeah, I, I, I'll tell you the truth. Like, I started, I did one Bible in a year, the very first one. I did not complete it. I did not. Um, the second one I did, and I finished uh, the whole Bible in a year. Uh, and then I and then I thought about doing it again with the last the last group that did it, and I was like, you know, I got way too much going on right now. I got school that I'm doing, so I'll, I might do it again here um, in the next one. But but I did I did complete it one time, so one out of three. That's good in baseball average. You know, you're batting 300. so I'm good. Uh, in Scripture, we can learn a lot about how to stretch our own faith from the stories and the words of Jesus' followers who have gone before us. One of those Jesus' followers is Paul. Now, Paul's this guy who experienced a major life change when he met Jesus. Paul used to be so opposed to Christianity that he was responsible for threatening and arresting, imprisoning, and even killing many of the early followers of Jesus, but when Paul met Jesus, he immediately changed his his life. Just turned around. He used to what he used to believe about Jesus. It qu- quickly became one of the most well known leaders of uh, of Jesus of the early church. Paul's life changed almost immediately because of Jesus. But unlike my story that uh, I I shared with you about uh, exercise, uh, Paul, he did not fail. He kept going. He kept going on with his commitment. Paul committed to following Jesus his whole life. And he wrote some letters to his fellow Jesus followers to help them to do the same, to stretch their faith. One of those letters that Paul wrote was to a group of Christians in Rome. Obviously, we call that Romans now. The goal of this letter was to explain that salvation could only be found through Jesus. So we're going to read here in Romans 5, verses 6 through 8. I read from the ESV. ESV also. So, all right, starting at verse 6. For while we were still weak at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, through perhaps for a good person one would dare even to die. But God shows his love for us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Paul wanted the Romans to understand that Jesus could save them from their sins, from their mistakes, their failures, their rebellion against God. But Paul also wanted to make sure the Romans understood that salvation isn't just about eternity. It's about right now. So we're going to continue on with Romans 6, verses 1 through 4. What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who died to sin still live in it? Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into His death? We were buried, therefore, with Him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. So Paul is asking, now, now that you know Jesus, do you want things to stay the same? Do you want to keep struggling with the same stuff, with the same sin? Or, Do you want to stretch or experience a faith that is growing and is getting stronger? Paul didn't pretend that this is going to be easy. Being baptized into Jesus' death, that doesn't sound exactly fun. But just like Jesus made a commitment to us to die for us, Paul challenges us, to make a commitment to him. To die to ourselves and live for him. So there's a lot of different views in the world today, right? We have a lot of different worldviews. These secular views. They, they seem to distort the gospel or they don't want to believe that Jesus is real or God is real. We have a biblical worldview. We know that there is a God. There is the one true God. In order to to know this biblical worldview, you have to know His Word. You have to have that relationship with Him. You, You have to make that commitment to God. Jesus Christ died for your sins. He was buried he rose again that we might be saved. Learning how a person can become a follower of Christ is important. But people have various beliefs regarding that gospel message. And some have real barriers with accepting it based upon their, their upbringing or their, their life experiences. So throughout scripture, we see many people that made commitments uh, to turn away from their old lives and start new ones following Jesus. We're going to move to Matthew uh, chapter 4, and I'm going to read verses 18 through 20. While walking by the Sea of Galilee... He saw two brothers, Simon, who was called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Immediately they left their nets and followed him. So Peter and Andrew, they had these normal lives and secure careers of fishermen. But everything changed when they committed to following Jesus. Now, I'm not telling you that you have to go and quit your jobs. But I might ask you, have you turned your job into a ministry? Have you made your job, your work, a place where people can see Jesus? You might think it takes a lot of faith to drop everything and follow Jesus. But this was just the first of many moments for Peter and Andrew that would stretch their faith. They made a commitment. And then they spent the rest of their lives living that out. Years later, Peter and Andrew, they became apostles of the early church. Sharing the good news of Jesus to to many others, despite the dangerous circumstances of being a Jesus follower. Peter even became one of the most important figures in the entire history of the church. That's a big deal right there. And it all started with that one commitment to follow Jesus. Mary Magdalene, she uh, is a woman who committed to following Jesus after he changed her life. But while it was probably fun and exciting to follow Jesus as he's walking along city to city, healing people and telling stories, but it got a lot harder when Jesus was imprisoned and eventually killed. But Mary she was committed to Jesus, so committed that she stayed close to him, even after he died. While well, many of the men who followed Jesus, they fled, they went into hiding after his death. Mary, she didn't. She went to Jesus' tomb to prepare and honor his body. We're going to move to, to Luke here, chapter 24. And as they were frightened and bowed their face to the ground, the men said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and on the third day rise. And they remembered his words, and returning from the tomb, they told all these, all these things to the eleven and all the rest. Now it was Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary the mother of James and the other woman with them who told these things to the apostles. So because of her commitment to Jesus, even in his death, she was the first person to see Jesus alive again. The first person to share the resurrection story with others. Scripture is filled with stories of peoples whose faith was strong and who did big things for God. Your testimony, for example, uh, it can help so many people. I, I love sharing my testimony. And uh, I, I won't right now, but if you want to know more about my testimony, I, I will Gladly share that with you uh, after service. But here's one I, I did want to share. So I was always a, a fan growing up. Uh, I love basketball. And Pistol Pete Marinovich, uh he was he's just someone that I, I, I admired just because he did not even look like a basketball player. He wore these like long tube socks. Um, just, he just did not, right? And he worked his tail off to get where he was. He was a very good ball handler, and he can shoot. And so this uh, this article that I found here, uh, a friend shared it with me, uh, was to uh, he came to talk to Coach Dale Brown's uh, team, LSU. Uh, a few years after he was done, and this is actually from one of the uh, Coach Brown's book, Getting Over the Four Hurdles of Life. Um, He asked Pistol Pete to come and and give a motivational speech to his team. Well, they got something different. So Pistol Pete uh, Merovich was invited to give this motivational talk to Coach Dale Brown's LSU basketball team before a big game sometime in the mid-80s. And it turned out not to be the talk Coach Brown and the players were expecting of this basketball superstar. Uh, He played for LSU from 67 to 70. So first, Pete, he ticked off all the the worldly accomplishments. College All-American. Led the nation in scoring. Biggest pro contract in NBA history, multi-millionaire, walked around with $300 in cash in his pockets. He drank, he chased women, he lived in a mansion, and then he paused and lowered his voice. He says, but guys, I was a miserable human being. I thought I had it all, but I was unhappy Miserable, fed up with life. I had everything society tells us is success. And then came the bombshell. I had decided to commit suicide with a pistol. I was just going to put the pistol in my mouth. I was so down in the dumps. For some reason, I set the pistol down on the bed. I didn't know how to pray. I fell on the bed face down. And said, God, if you're there, would you somehow, in some way, please touch my life? Instantly, I don't know how to express it, a peace took over my body. And for the first time in my life, I had been a miserable person until I took God into my life. So guys, whatever you do, do not let your possessions possess you or you will end up miserable as I did. And in conclusion uh, to Pistol Pete's story, Coach Brown wrote this. Pete felt, as I do, that knowledge of oneself can never be complete without some understanding of the role of the God who created us. So I love this story. Um... It, it, it almost relates to my testimony too, right? Well, I, I never thought about taking my life. That was different. But when I did, I was in a, I was in a dark place. And when I accepted Jesus uh, that day, on my hands and knees, I felt this peace, like Pistol Pete said, this peace over my body. And I knew at that moment that God was with me. And that's when I made my commitment to follow him. For thousands of years, God has been helping people like you and me stretch our faith. And over these next few weeks, we're going to talk about a few of the ways that we can, we can do just that. But it all starts here. Now like Paul and Andrew and Peter and Mary, you... stretch your faith with a commitment. So do you want your faith to grow? Do you want to get stronger? Ten years from now, do you want to follow Jesus? Do you want to love God more than you do, do today? Do you want to love people more than you do today? Do you want to make a lasting impact in the world? To reach our goals 10 years from now, we have to start with that commitment today. A commitment to stretch and keep stretching our faith. Alexander Granados, he's the president of Calvary University, he reminds us that Christians should desire to understand their creator in every area. However, that can only be done if we submit every thought to the Lordship of Christ. So there's no better time than right now to change those bad habits into good habits. Everyone is committed to something. Check your commitments right now in your life. What do you see? Do you see anger? Maybe you can make a commitment to peace. Do you see hours of television consumption? Maybe you can commit to time in God's Word. Do you see bad relationships? Maybe commit to making other loving relationships, godly relationships. Do you you see 20 pounds of excess weight? Maybe you can commit to keeping God's vessel healthy. Maybe you You hate your job. Maybe you can commit it into a ministry. Or maybe you're feeling lonely. Maybe you can commit to daily walks in nature and God's creation, being just with God. This week, how will you stretch your faith and commit to doing something different? Maybe to start off, maybe you'll commit to showing up next week to listen, to discuss, to consider how God might want your faith to be stretched this year. The first step toward a strong, stronger body isn't those two-hour spin classes. It's walking into the gym. Well, and paying the gym membership fees right but we won't charge you that here maybe if you've never made that commitment to follow Jesus before today is a great day to start that or maybe you made that commitment to Jesus once before but you recently uh, your excitement has faded you're having a tough time keeping your commitment going that's you Today's the day to get back into the game. No matter how many times we forget our commitments to Jesus, he never forgets his commitment to us. He's always waiting for you to come back. Maybe you already love God, and you're pretty committed to following him, but you want to grow in your relationship with God. God. Maybe you want to spend more time with God, or you're tired of struggling with the same mistakes over and over again. Today you can commit to growing in your love for God. Only you know how that's going to end up, right? Maybe that's more time in, uh, in the Bible or, or being a mentor or being mentored. Maybe your relationship with God doesn't feel like the problem, but you could really learn how to love other people better. After all, Jesus said in many different ways that if we're going to love God well, we have to love each other well. Maybe the best way for you to stretch your faith right now is to ask God for the help you need to care more about others or to love someone you struggle to love. So if you're not ready to make any of those commitments right now, that's okay. But I ask that you at least consider it because there might be something new for you to discover. Whether you've made a commitment to Jesus before or, or, you've, or you haven't. If you haven't followed through every day, including today, There is a new opportunity to start today. If you want your faith to grow and to be strengthened, it doesn't happen overnight. It has to start somewhere. It can start today with a simple stretch. You can stretch your faith with a commitment. Change. Change takes a commitment of time, energy, attention, and sometimes money. You must be willing to consistently devote resources for your well-being, your success, and your growth. This commitment will continue to shape and mold you more and more into who God created you to be. We are all made in the image of God, but because of sin that image has become distorted. The thing is that the more you begin to stretch your faith, the more that image becomes clearer. People can then see God more and more clearly through you. Stretching your faith can change lives. This means not only changing your life, but also others around you that are in your life. Friends, families, strangers. In closing, I want to share this from uh, David Mathis um, from Desiring God. Habits of grace for hearing God's voice in his word having his ear in prayer, and belonging to his body, help us to get our eyes off ourselves so that we might regularly taste the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. They help to make persevering in faith not to be about our technique and actions, but about knowing Jesus. As Jesus prayed in John seventeen three, this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, who you have sent. The great reward that drives our habits is knowing him. The great end of all our habits and all our perseverance is a person. So day in, and day out, we say, let us know. Let us press on to know the Lord. The only way to do that is to make that commitment to follow Him. To get into His Word. To get to know who He is and who He created us to be. So that is my challenge for us. Make a commitment to to change something, to, to grow more in your faith. It's not going to happen overnight. It's not going to be easy. You have to, you have to start stretching, and then your faith will continue to grow. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for who you are We thank you for your word that you share with us that we can um, know more about you. We know about your characters. We know about your love for us, your love for, for everyone. We thank you for Jesus, our Savior, that you sent to die in our place. Lord, I pray that each and every one of us can can make a new commitment, can start a new habit here today. But I don't know what that commitment is. I ask you to press that upon each of our hearts. Let us know how we can grow more. And our focus is clearly on you and your word. Lord, help us to become difference makers in this world that we can share the gospel with others to share your love to further your kingdom, Lord. May all glory go to you. We thank you. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen.